Rachel. And I'm Nicole. Welcome to the Movement Toward Change podcast. We are using dance as a means to cultivate community and start conversation. Today we are honored to speak with Ty Jimenez. Ty is a professor of dance at the Boston Conservatory teaching ballet technique. Ty has been a principal dancer with both Dance Theater of Harlem and Boston Ballet. She is also a certified yoga instructor and has created a movement meditation called Soft Pop. Additionally, Ty writes about dance, life, and spirituality on her blog, tyemenas.com. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. So great to speak with both of you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, Could you tell us a bit about your journey to this point and if a specific event has shaped your career? Hmm. Well, I guess I'll approach that question through the lens of yoga. I first remember encountering yoga through a company member when I was with Dance Theater Harlem. This was probably in the early 90s. And he was backstage teaching himself yoga from a book. I mean, you guys don't remember, but there wasn't technology the way there is now. And so I was kind of fascinated by what he was doing. And somehow or other, I went to my first yoga class at the Shivananda Ashram in New York City. So it wasn't like... um just a, a yoga studio. It was really centered around the ashram. And so there was a very heavy spiritual component that they liked. And I took my first class and I cried the entire time. People were chanting and it was so beautiful and I didn't understand a word of what they were saying. Um, but there was something about the energy in it that spoke to me. And I also remember from that very first yoga class that even though I had been dancing, Um, In a lot of ways, I was very weak. I didn't have much core strength. I didn't have a lot of upper body strength. And um, I I didn't practice consistently at that point. Um, It it sort of just planted a seed for me. I started doing a lot of reading about Eastern philosophy. And was really, I would say, towards the end of my professional ballet career that I really started to embrace yoga more fully. And, you know, like many dancers, I was very injured by the time I retired finally. And, um, but yoga was still accessible to me, you know, whereas like doing a ballet bar with lots of fast footworks and uh, kicking my leg up really high and doing like this very athletic kind of physical practice no longer appealed to me physically or spiritually, mentally or emotionally. Like I just didn't have that kind of fight in me anymore. And um, I really fell in love with the stillness of yoga and having the opportunity to experience my body from a a loving and friendly perspective. I wasn't, actually though, to be honest, in the beginning of my yoga practice, I was still approaching it like a crazy, you know, competitive dancer. I wanted to be the best and I wanted to push my body. And then 
uh, I realized I wasn't actually doing the yoga. And it, you know, I always say like any day that you can have a thought is a good day, right? Because we tend to cycle our thoughts so habitually. And it occurred to me like, I don't have to be the best. I don't have to compete with anyone. Nobody is watching me. I am doing this just for myself. And um, I've been with it ever since. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, could you speak a little bit more to what inspired you to begin yoga as well as meditation and kind of what the benefits are for dancers? I think that in my own training, I had wonderful training. But one thing that I would have done differently was to have yoga as part of my dance. The spiritual element, I think, is really important for dancers. We tend to be very vain. No judgment. Just is what it is. Um, You know, and we get so kind of obsessed with the external. And I see it happen to a lot of dancers in my own teaching, you know, at a certain point, we um, start trying to dance the person in the mirror. And uh, I think yoga is great for really centering yourself in why we want to share this art form in the first place. And, you know, the dance world, and I, I I don't speak certainly for all dance companies or all dance environments, but it, beca- it tends to become very competitive. I danced with big companies and there was always this feeling of, you know, people being competitive and wanting to get promoted. And um, it's very easy to lose yourself in that energy. And so uh, I think the spiritual element of, of yoga is really anchoring for dancers, really grounding for dancers. Um, I think that, you know, like a musician has to understand the importance of silence. As dancers, we have to understand the importance of stillness. And yoga can open us up to that aspect of dance. And as a teacher, you know, I would, <laughs> I would often, t- I, I would often want people to stop moving. Like, where does the movement finish? And how much space is between that and the next thing that starts? And so, like, a lot of times, you know, dancers, we are, if, if you wanted to think of, of, of a performance as a picture, the dancer feels central to the picture. And often I want people to move themselves out of the way, to be the frame that houses the picture, if that makes sense. (laughs) I'm getting really metaphysical. I tend to like delve in those waters, but anyway. So, you know, understanding stillness, the spiritual aspect, I think there's so many physical benefits to yoga, Um, the upper body strength, the core work, the strength that's balanced, the flexibility. I think dancers also tend to train in a really habitual way that eventually uh, for a lot of really advanced dancers who are sort of on that concert dance track who do a ballet class every day, they overwork their, um, their neural pathways. 
And over time, this can lead to depression. And so I think uh, yoga is a, a great way to like keep everything moving inside of, you know, I mean, certainly we train so hard because we want things to become second nature. But then at a certain point, that starts to do us a disservice. And we have to maintain a, a, a kind of mental flexibility, not just physical one, you know. Anyway, I've said a lot. <laughs> I also feel like in yoga, there's like a sense of playfulness and like, it's okay to mess up. It's encouraged to do the pose and to fall out. And sometimes in a dance class, that's seen as something bad. Then yoga, it's like, yes, you fell out. Like that means you really tried, which I find really right. satisfying. Sure, just kind of switching that mindset from I have to be perfect and, and be doing something at all times to I don't have to be perfect and I'm, I'm practicing. That's, they call it yoga practice. Yeah. Uh, one of the teachers at Baby Center Yoga, Daniel Max, who I did my own yoga teacher training with, he said, I think it's really important to play with things you can't yet touch. And that has stuck with me. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Kind of that, that mystery keeps us going. Yeah. Um, in what ways has yoga influenced your dance making and teaching practices? I think um, it's given me an opportunity to to invite in a spiritual element in the ballet, which I have sometimes been criticized for, and I don't pretend to be everybody. But for example, I will often start class with a brief breathing exercise and it's sort of like coming from a yogic background I gave myself permission to talk about the spiritual aspect of dancing which was never discussed when I was studying I think also um a lot of the students, you know, at the conservatory, they study anatomy. And I really had a very different kind of um, dance training. And um, when I did my yoga teacher training, I started to really learn about anatomy and learn about the names of things and how to talk about the physical experience in um, a deeper way. Um. So I know meditation can kind of be daunting at first. For a dancer that's interested in beginning a meditation practice, how do you suggest they get started? I think in my own experience, uh, I did a lot of guided meditation. Some people will call them visualization, but I think that's a very friendly way into a meditative state. Um, I also um, do as just a sort of a self-care practice, I float. If you've ever, there's a place in um, JP called, um, what's it called, Cloud Nine. And they have isolation pods and they're filled with really highly salinated water. So you literally float. Um, I can see, Nicole, that you've never heard of this before. Heard that before. It's, it's amazing. And it, it, it's 
it has so many physical benefits because you, you're able to completely align your spine without any weight on your spine for one thing. Um, but, you know, for another thing is it very easily invites you into a meditative state. It's sort of a shortcut. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, I, I would also recommend, um, you know, what we do in yoga is to focus on our breathing. Because when you're focused on your breathing, you're brought into the body, you're brought into the present moment. And then as an extension, when I started to dance, it occurred to me that being an improvisatory artist is very much like a meditation. And sometimes in order to get out of my own head or my own judgment about what I was doing, I would approach it that way. And as soon as my mind started to judge or started to get distracted, you know, I'd bring it right back to the present moment. And so I kind of apply that to my dancing and it really freed me. It really freed me to not have to um, aim for any kind of result. It was really about connecting one moment to the next moment and that's it. So I was able to get out of my thinking, thinking, thinking head and my judging, 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 judging head all the time. And in doing so, I really started to love dancing. Oh. I, I often find when I'm in class, I'm in the middle of the combination and I'm already judging myself. And it's like I haven't even finished the combination yet. I'm not fully present in what I'm doing if I'm thinking about how I'm doing it wrong. So... I think using the breath and really truly being in the moment can, can help to let those thoughts kind of go. Yeah, and paying, learning to pay attention to that inner critic and to start to slowly switch up your, your internal dialogue. Mm. You know, your, your relationship to yourself. Do you suggest for meditation that, um, dancers and just anyone do you think sitting in a chair laying down on the ground is one better than the other or is it just whatever is most comfortable I think it's you have to really listen to your own intuition in the moment and to accept that it's going to change so I think a lot of times when we're in the process of learning something we really want to we want to get to that point where we have something to hold on to. Um, and that's okay. That's okay too. But the more you experience it, the more you experiment, the more you explore, you'll find that every context has its own, uh, its own relevance. So sometimes, you know, like I'll do something called earthing where you connect to the earth walk around barefoot or sometimes I just lay on the ground and that feels amazing and I do my meditation that way sometimes I do it seated sometimes I do it dancing sometimes I just do a quick one in the shower just I can get my head together <laughs> it know? can really be done anywhere it's very accessible yeah meditation yeah. at any time <laughs> anytime there's no, there's no excuses not to do it <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have to be like an elaborate practice, mm. you know what I mean, to be effective. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think there's kind of this like stereotype idea that you need to have like 30 minutes, dark, quiet room, sitting on a certain cushion, peaceful music playing, and that might not be possible for everyone. So I think this idea that you can do it anywhere, anytime allows people kind of a way into it. Yeah, I think that's why it's so daunting to people is that, you know, they assume it's like what you described, Rachel, and they're like, well, I, I could never do that. I don't know the first step in getting to that place, so. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any specific challenges that you faced while dancing professionally? And have yoga, meditation, mindfulness helped you to navigate those difficulties? There were many difficulties. It was always a struggle. I struggled with my body. I struggled with eating disorders. I struggled with never feeling good enough. I struggled with um, anxiety and stage fright. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was always challenging. Um, But like I said, I didn't really, really start to embrace yoga until it was really almost over my ballet career. But even before then, I would do like guided meditations before performance. I would always do that. And that helped. It helped also um, because, you know, a lot of times when we're dancing, I mean, this is like a really practical thing, but you know, we'd get to class and then we'd rehearse and then we'd have just like an hour or two before we have to get ready for the performance. It was exhausting. And so I would do like a guided meditation and learn how to get a very deep relaxation in a very short amount of time. So like after I, I would do a guided meditation, like 20 minutes and I would do it all the time. And so as soon as I heard that voice, I would just fall into that and then I would have and then I would feel refreshed at the end so that was one really practical way it was like a quick way to reboot before the performance Hmm. thank you for sharing all of that it takes practice you know to um come into a really deep state of relaxation in the middle of your day Mm. I think definitely yeah that totally makes sense yeah Yeah, you can totally reboot your system in like 20 minutes, Hmm. an hour, if you have to, you know? Yeah. And I, and when you do that, it kind of shifts your mindset for the rest of the day, because you're almost like starting from a clean slate from whatever happened before the meditation, taking that time to pause, then afterwards you, or I personally feel when I meditate kind of midday, then I the rest of the day just feels a, a little like more manageable and I'm more mindful as I'm doing things. Yeah. Uh, so switching gears a little bit, could you expand on your movement meditation of soft pop and how you, how you created it and kind of where your inspiration for the style came from? Yeah. Um, after I retired from ballet for a while, I didn't dance at all. And I focused mostly on teaching And then, you know, the desire to dance again just started to bubble up inside of me. And I 
really thought it would be a lot easier if <laughs> I just dropped it all together. <laughs> but, you know, it was there and I, I needed to find a way that I could move that honored my body's limitations. And, you know, the ballet and the contemporary dance was so physical. And then sometimes I felt like, not always, but a lot of the contemporary choreography seemed to exploit the physicality almost as a means unto itself. It became to me sort of like this cult of of the body, especially in ballet, having the perfect body, like just being able to stand there in a unitard as if that, <laughs> almost, almost as if that was enough. And um, I felt like it was very exploitative also of women's bodies, especially. And so I became curious about how to say a lot without having to punish my body so much. And at the time I was teaching at the Boston Arts Academy and a lot of the students uh, came to us having uh, experience only really with um, hip hop. And we had some wonderful hip hop dancers. And even though I had grown up with hip hop, with the music of hip hop, you know, as a dancer, I never really dared. <laughs> As a ballet dancer, you know, the thought of going to a hip hop class I thought was terrifying. But they were such great dancers and they really inspired me to explore hip hop. And I started taking classes and I started experimenting. And I don't by any means call myself a hip hop dancer. But um, I remember one time I was in the studio with someone who was a hip hop dancer. And he was like, yeah, it's like a soft pop. And that, that name just stuck with me. Yeah. So that's how it kind of evolved. Do you see yourself teaching soft pop classes in the future? Or is it something you kind of want to keep individually? I don't know. As I explore becoming a yoga teacher, there's been some interest um, in my yoga community of me doing sort of a hybrid class between yoga and dance. And I haven't really honestly discovered what that is. Um, if, if, you know, if a student came to me and they were like, we're interested in learning what you're doing, I, I think I would try to find a way to teach it. I'm open to that. Yeah. I'd take I think the mostly class. you would take it. Okay. Yeah. Well, if it comes about, I'll let you know, Rachel, but <laughs> the, the thing is, I guess I really want people to get moving and to experience their own body as a portal and to have their own kind of connection and to discover their own voice, whether it's influenced by soft pop or is, or is soft pop, you know, I'd, I'd love to see how other people can take it to other places. Um, certainly at my age now, I have to respect my body's limitations, um, but you know, I could see it growing in all kinds of other ways uh, other dancers mm. and I, I think I would love to see that you know yeah 
And do you generate your movement through improvisation or do you have another means to kind of create? Only improvisation, only improvisation. I love to improvise and I'm at a point now that when people actually try to teach me a step, I can't do it. I can't, it's hard for me to learn choreography now because I think when you're improvising, you're at like a different, a different kind of consciousness. And so I like that. And so, you know, having to learn steps all of a sudden feels very heavy. Mm. And I think, you know, as dancers, I'm sure you've had this experience when you feel when you're when you're really in a flow, it's almost as though something is dancing through you. And so I'm interested in that. I'm more interested in that than sort of like learning steps or learning a dance that there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome too. But through improvisation, I feel that I found a different kind of freedom. Mm, kind of connecting to something beyond yourself. In a yeah, way. I mean, sometimes it feels like completely ecstatic. And I look back at my video later, later and I'm like, oh, that felt really good. I don't know. It doesn't look so great, but I was having an amazing time. <laughs> yeah. Do you create yeah. scores when you improvise or do you kind of just go no. with the flow? Yeah, no, I don't do a score. Mm-mm. No, it's oh. like there's no net. No. I love that. That's so cool. Cool, it's yeah. Trust. It's like you're meditating trust. You're meditating trust. Yeah. You're kind of combining meditation with movement. Yeah, and there are times when I just feel like completely ecstatic. Uh, in your blog, you speak in depth about being guided by an inner voice. Could you elaborate on that voice and maybe share in what ways it has guided you? Yeah, I mean, I think as a child, uh, sometimes I would have clear audience, which is when you hear stuff. You hear stuff. So um, I heard things that were uh, important mostly to me or my family. You know, it wasn't like I would hear about who was going to be the next president or anything like that. It was just like, just within my own little world. Um, And there were times when my inner voice told me something I didn't want to hear. And, you know, whenever I didn't follow that inner guidance, I, I always made a mess. It was always like disastrous, actually. So that's definitely when I'm dancing, what I'm trying to align with is this inner voice, is this inner impulse. And it doesn't always come in words. It can come in a feeling um, or thought, or movement, why not? You know, I think, you know, we all have that inside of us, our own inner wisdom, and a lot of times it gets taught out of us. But I'm always, like, trying to connect with that inner truth. Mm. And it's what, it's what keeps me dancing all this time. 
to hear that, you really have to be open to listening. Yeah. Hmm. So I know we spoke to this a little bit, but during this time, I know self-care is increasingly important, especially for dancers. Have you found any self-care practices to be particularly helpful for you? Well, yeah, there's the floating that I mentioned, the earthing, um, getting a massage regularly, uh, taking supplements, taking a long bath. I listen to music a lot. I have to. It's like my water is listening to me. I have to listen to music all the time. And I think it's important to spend a little time every day on self-care. You know, like I always, I always say ABC, always be cleaning cleaning out your negative energy and really being mindful of your inner state. And you can't you know, necessarily control it all the time. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have anger or sadness, depression or whatever, but to like take care of it, to not let, let it build up, build up, build up. You know, I think some, every, I, I try every day to go within and to nurture my practice, my yoga or reading. I like to write, I like to dance. I try to touch on at least one of those things every day. Mm. I like that, always be cleaning. Always be cleaning. <laughs> I wish I could say it was true of my own apartment, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's tough when no one comes over to your house. You, you really don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would be your number one piece of advice for the movement toward change dance community? To love the process. Dancing is its own reward. And whenever you find yourself Approaching anything as a means to an end, you've severed the divine cord. And whatever you are doing, as long as you are planting seeds of love in the process, then it's always going to lead you in the right direction. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's great. <laughs> and in this moment is there a specific quote that speaks to you there is it it sounds on the surface dark so I hesitate to say it out of context but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot and it is that there is no such thing as a happy ending and um What I mean by that, even though it sounds really dark, is that it kind of, I think, frees us. It kind of, it frees me. It frees me of trying so hard to get to this place where everything matches up. And everything looks a certain way and feels a certain way. 
My favorite movie is Blade Runner 2049, the sequel with Ryan Gosling. And as in this movie, the main character is trying to figure out if a memory that he has is his own or if it's, a, if it's like an implant. And the woman who makes the memory says, you know if it's real because everything real is a mess. <laughs> and, and I just love that because I think we live in a culture right now where every, everything is so manicured and so glossy and it makes us lose touch with our humanity and how hard it is to be here and to be alive and to find our joy in the midst of that. And so, so I think that, um, you know, freedom is, you know, the ability to dance, even though everything isn't right and everything isn't, isn't perfect, to find your joy in the sadness. That's why we do it, right? To keep us here. Mm. Yeah, I think when we are, or when I'm so focused on this idea of perfection, then I lose any sense of like joy that it was bringing me because I'm trying to achieve something that's not even possible. So then it never yeah. feels rewarding. Yeah, can you be happy now? That's the question. Yeah. Can you be happy now with all the limitations? And that's, you know, what my dancing is about now finding that joy within whatever's happening. Yeah. That is, that's very freeing, not having to constantly have to be, I don't know, have that pressure of achieving the next thing or being, like you said, like absolute perfection, being able to find joy just in and of itself. Yeah. I, yeah. Also, I also think like that letting go actually allows room for further growth because you're not so caught up in this one idea you can actually move even further along yeah the, the whole idea becomes the obstacle yes Definitely. well this was wonderful thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and insight um, we're looking forward to sharing this with our community Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about things I love. Um, if you have further questions for Ty, you can contact her through her blog, tyjimenez.com. Ty is currently teaching yoga at JP Center Yoga and Raquel Mara Movement Collective. You can also follow her on Instagram at tyjimenez. And we will put all of this information in the show notes.